0: We are so excited to get into our topic today, but we have a little housekeeping to
1: get out of the way first. Our show is made possible in part by our patrons on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get episode shoutouts, access to topic polls, and be able to listen to hilarious outtakes. We'd also love to connect with you online. You can chat with us in real time on
0: our Discord server, what the Finance. send a tweet to finance underscore what- or email us at what underscore the underscore finance at protonmail.com. Welcome to What the Finance, and tonight we are super excited to have two guests, which is, I think, a What the Finance first. Well, no, it's a a What the Finance second, because I guess our spouses do count. true.
1: Tonight
0: we have two guests with us. We have a returning guest, Kat of Dice Cat, and possibly one of my favorite guests, my mom, Denise, joining us to talk about MLMs. Also, somewhat noteworthy, this is the second episode I've recorded with COVID. <laughs> There's Who's our theme so far tonight?
1: (laughs) Indeed, indeed.
0: So, if you were thinking to yourself, Gee shy your voice sounds weird," it's
1: you're right. It does, (laughs) and not just because it's dry in the winter time, which is also true. But yeah, not that. So. I feel like one of the
0: first things that I wanted to mention was this episode about MLMs. What, it has been an episode that Rachel and I have talked about doing since before we even recorded our first episode of What the Finance. When we first started writing mm-hmm. down episode ideas, we talked about a lot of the basics, but this has been one that's been on the to-do list for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we waited was because it was such a like hot button topic for so long that we just kind of kept like pushing it off saying like this, like some other creator in some other function did it and they did a really good job with it. And so we thought like, let's just kind of put off how we're gonna approach this until we figure out how we wanna do this in a way that we feel is contributing to the conversation. And so
2: mm-hmm.
0: when we started getting um, more guests on our show, which is something that we've we've enjoyed doing and has worked out pretty, pretty well for us. And by pretty well, I mean, it's fun and we enjoy it. So we keep doing it. It's, yeah. um, this this started to make more
1: sense for us to put together. And even though we were a ways past it, that Lula Rich documentary on Amazon also kind of pushed us to go, hey, yeah, this is like back in the news in a big way. Yeah. Again. Yep. <laughs> we should take advantage of that also. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, and Kat and Denise, you are both joining us, both because you're awesome and because you have some experience, right, And that yeah. MLM life. Yes. I just saw the other day, I'm
0: sorry, I just remembered, I saw another show about MLMs, uh, like, just this past weekend. I didn't watch it, but I saw it pop up, and I'm trying to find it, so if I find it, I'll I'll make sure to mention it some other time but yes Lou the Rich was was well done like, like a documentary show or yeah I think it was on TLC oh okay
3: have you guys seen or heard of that show called Becoming a God yeah and it's set in like the 1990s and um and it's it it's it's kind of um i'm trying to figure out if i can say brand names and stuff <laughs> um it, it's i feel totally like it, can it's fine. okay i feel like <laughs> it's kind of like to amway um mm. i don't know if you all mm. are are too young to remember that that mlm i mean I it's, think it's still annoying. happening yeah yeah it's yeah. not as popular as like herbal life and all those other ones but I, you know i'll just say straight up like i am not bashing it Them. I I think a lot of people get a a start and some experience with MLMs. Um, I did, you know, just sales experience. Also, it was a way to get out of the house. I had two kids, you know, and um, I enjoyed some of the products.
2: I did it more as just like I was really into the product. I never went in with the illusion of I'm going to quit my job. Um, It was more just like, you know, I kind of like the discount and then. Um, because of who I am as a person, I was like, well, let's see how far I can go with it. which I mean like there were some months I had like some moderate, I wouldn't even really call it success, but some like nice extra little kind of spending money, I guess. I know that there's I feel so complicated about it because my my experience in doing an MLM wasn't one of um, it wasn't necessarily a bad experience. like nobody, you know, was on me all the time. Like I have to do this. And yeah, there was a lot of the, a lot of the talk of like, Oh, you have to retire your husband's, but it was nothing, anybody on my team or, you know, my upline or whatever seemed to tout or anything. So I didn't feel that pressure, but I definitely saw it, you know, in a lot of places, I think while there, while there is a lot of merit to some of the things that, um, some of the issues with, with MLM specifically, the ones that I take the most umbrage with are the ones that uh, prey on like body image. So, you know, like the ones like the, it works in the Herbalife and the, um, you know, all the vitamins and supplements and the, you know, this is a miracle cure or whatever. And people are buying into it and people are, are, um, marketing to desperate people, you know, who are sick, who are going through cancer or things like that. Um as like this will and they're they're doing it for the sale but I, I also know that the person who is selling it truly believes that it that it, you know a lot of times they truly believe in that and so it's it's not on the individual level it's not as predatory as it sounds but um but i also know that that those people are also very turned off by the people who are very strongly anti mlm and you know i understand being strongly against mlms uh, because they are problematic, um, you know, like the, the way that they're structured and, and kind of the, the hope that they can sometimes give people and and the message of like, well, if it's not working for you, you're not working hard enough at it. But the, the bashing of these people um, who, who are in them, I know that if, if somebody was coming at me and saying like, you need to get out of MLMs because they're bad, but then I saw them basically just like ridiculing everything about me, um, I would not really want to listen to them at all, ever, or take their advice. It, did you know, like I, I,
1: I wouldn't. But if you'd want to double else. down, right? Kind at of. At least, like yeah. that's what I would want to do, right? Like if somebody was coming at me like really right. hard, I'd be like, "Well, whatever. I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm going to. I'm going to do it." Yeah, exactly. As, as like a stubborn human. Um. So one thing that's always. I think I've really come close to like joining into an MLM and then Mm -hmm. like getting pulled back from the edge. (laughs) But one thing that uh, was interesting slash horrifying for me to learn uh, is that a lot of these companies take off in Utah and Mm -hmm. everybody here and our listeners, I think know that I was raised in the Mormon church it's like there's this giant culture of like women need to stay at home with their kids because that's what God wants you to do
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, but also who can actually afford to just stay home with their kids if you've got them like nobody can afford that no right and then you have this giant community of people who speak a bunch of languages and they're internationally connected. And so you can just like dive into that and tap into that cultural piece of the Mormon church to really sucker people in to like mm. just pull yourself up out of those steps mentality. And that, that kind of freaked me out, when I read yeah. that, you know,
2: like, and the thing is, is too, is that with these people and I, I felt it with, and I've remained friends with some of the people who, you know, like where in my upline is that you, you really feel this kind of sense of community with these people, but I've also seen, and thankfully this wasn't my experience, but I've, I've seen it happen where as soon as this person is no longer making you money because they're not, they're not doing as well and you're trying to coach them or whatever, and they're not interested in it because I don't know, maybe they're going through a really hard time in their life or something, or they're just not interested in it anymore. Um, suddenly they're, you know, that connection is like cut off. And so it's this very kind of, yes, there's this community, but in a lot of times it's really superficial and it's very focused around this thing and, you know, making, making money for each other. Um, and I've noticed too, a big difference in, because I did the, you know, the MLM thing. And then I, I started, you know, my own, um, well, it still feels weird calling it a business, uh, but, you know, I, I sell my dice on Etsy or whatever. And I noticed a big difference in the level of sort of guilt that I feel when, when, when I would talk to anybody about, you know, any of the MLM products, I always felt the need to be like, uh, but if you're not interested, it's totally fine. But it felt like I was almost talking them out of it more than I was talking them into it because I, I didn't want them to think that I was being one of those people who's just using my friends and like trying to connect with people years later to make a sale or something. Um, whereas now with, with something that I'm making and you know, like I, I put it on a site and it, it does its own thing. I, I don't feel that same level of guilt, um, but that might just be a me thing.
1: <laughs> but I feel like we all see that, right? They like, you get those Facebook messages, right? Like, cause people do that, yeah. like, hey girl see so you had a few oh, kids yeah. do you want to lose a few pounds with blah 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 whatever like hey thanks well
2: and uh, it's <laughs> crazy too with the with the stuff too um and we could come back to this because I, I know Denise had a thing but I want to say it before I forget but like Herbalife is weird in that any like a lot of those like pop-up like whatever nutrition shops are Herbalife fronts it's so weird, like it but it never
3: says that on their signage outside. Nowhere, nowhere. And I always find that so very interesting. Like you'll hear something fusion. You'll hear, I mean, we have what, fitness
2: nutrition, Center.
3: and and it's all. And, and I will tell you, I love herbalife. It had helped me. I I have some personal um, medical issues, especially concerning my stomach, and um, the aloe shot was really good for my stomach. Um, when I couldn't get enough nutrition through just regular food, I have gastroparesis, which makes me really full. My stomach doesn't empty. So I have to always bargain with my body. Am I going to get hydrated today or am I going to get some nutrition and eat something? Herbalife mm-hmm. was kind of uh, a good thing for me for a little while. I did sell it for a very short time and only went into it because I was like, I'm, I'm doing this every day. I might as well get the discount. Right. But I, I find it interesting that None of the stores say Herbalife on the outside of the store. That's always been
2: well, fascinating to me. Have you noticed too that you'll you'll see the Facebook posts in like groups where they're like, they're very vague about it. And then they'll go like, I'll message you. Yes. And I, they I won't ever say have what about it is. Five
3: similar messages. Now, I'm not saying it's Herbalife, but I have about five messages yeah. in my Facebook messenger that start out that way. Hey girl, yeah. are you looking to supplement? Hey girl, are you looking yeah. to lose weight? The lose weight one is always offensive to me because yeah. I don't want anyone to tell me I do or don't need to lose weight. Like that's, to me, that's very rude.
2: It can be harmful, but the approaching people, you don't, you don't know what that person's going through. You you're approaching this person who has an eating disorder and saying, mm-hmm. you know, like, how'd you like to lose 30 pounds fast Right, and and there is no cure all thing, you know, there is no quick fix thing or anything like that. And honestly, they need to stop assigning morality to food. But that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> like Thank um, But it's it's those are the ones that that kill me the most are are the ones that capitalize on insecurity. Mm-hmm. And th- they capitalize on insecurity, they capitalize on desperation, you know, people who who are, you know, like you see some of the, you see it with essential oils too, you know, like this helped my so-and-so with cancer or whatever. And, um, or, oh, you don't need this if you have essential oils. And, you know, I, I understand sometimes people are desperate and they'll try anything and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't, but um, it, I, I don't like it when they, they capitalize on those things. Absolutely.
0: Well, so that, I mean, Yes, I don't like that either. But part of the way that MLMs recruit is mm-hmm. by specifically using psychology to find that thing that people are are insecure or scared about. Mm-hmm. And then offering a solution to it. That's the piece that I don't like. Like they all do that thing. Right. Whether it be with with like health or with like the you could you know make enough money so your your husband retires like that one was like that like those things I mm, I
3: think the most recent ones I feel are are saying you have a this we're your family it's a new sense of community and you have this, this yes support and while that might be true, because I mean, right at the top of my head, I listed four that I have been involved in. I sold Tupperware many, many years ago, Cheyenne, when you were younger, you were probably in kindergarten when I sold <laughs> Tupperware for a very, very, very short time. And um, I know, Kat, you were talking a little bit about the guilt associated with selling to your friends. I mm-hmm. felt that with Tupperware because at the time I couldn't even afford Tupperware, which was one of the reasons I probably started selling it. Along mm-hmm. with, like I said, Cheyenne was her sister; they were very young, so I needed, as a mom, I needed a little bit of time to myself. I needed to bank a little bit of money. I just couldn't go out and have coffee, you know, and and whatever. I just did. We didn't have the money to just do that to get out right. the pass. And so that was like a if I can sell something. Then I could make something, a little something, you know
1: mm-hmm. um, Just by had, having yeah. time to yourself.
3: absolutely. yeah and 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 not because my husband told me I had to, but just because as you know, mom guilt, you know what I mean? yeah, it, it was it was hard. I remember I sold, two it was a one gal that i knew ordered two sets of measuring cups and I, I to be honest i don't recall if i knew that she was ordering two at the time i placed an order for one and then you know said here's your bill and she paid it and she's like oh wait you know my order came and i only had one set and i was like okay and i remember the the shipping cost was almost the same as the cost of the you know mm-hmm. the, the product which was astronomical to me. Cause again, I couldn't afford them. Um, and I remember instead of just saying, Oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, or instead of saying I didn't order two, I just said, I don't know what happened. And I ended up just paying for it out of pocket because I was too embarrassed. Yep. You're going to have to pay another shipping fee. Right. And it was really stressful because again, I'm, you know, a mom who I'm looking to get out and have a cup of coffee you know, this little extra money. And now I don't have any coffee money again. And I, you know, I'm out another set of measuring cups that I can't afford. I sold signature homestyles for a while, a very short while. We had a tragic loss in our family during that time. And so, I mean, everything in my world kind of fell apart. Um, I will say that I got involved in that though because one of the gals um, that sold, I used to have these parties for her. Um, I just really liked her so much. And so I, I signed up under her and she was mm-hmm. probably in all of my experiences, she was probably the best upline that I had. Um, yeah. The, the herbal life, I mean, I just signed up and it, I ended up switching up lines. I actually was like, this one isn't a good match for me. And um, mm-hmm. they signed me somebody else. Paparazzi I sold for about a year and that was an interesting experience. I was a little bit, you know, it was, it, I, I started in 2018 and I I, I didn't voluntarily leave in 2019 and, and I don't mean, oh, they fired me. I mean, it was, there are so many rules and regulations that you have to follow and you have to meet quotas and all that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't because I was not all about pushing things on my friends and family. I mean, everybody yeah. that you may knew, me knew what, they could buy it if they wanted to. Um, but I wasn't going to, I'm, I just don't do hard pressure sales. It just feels icky. Yeah. And, and I don't think I ever made a cent because um I think Kate you were talking a little bit about how you know when you first started basically I think if I ever re- if I recall I mean you went all in you were really gung-ho about it which was fun to watch you because you grew as a person you really mm-hmm. you've made your your circle of friends and community bigger which I was wonderful to see and I
2: like the product that you sold <laughs> I and, like and honestly I, I, I would say that too. <laughs> I took away from it like uh A lot of tips and, um, and I would say the most valuable thing I got from all of that was learning like social media marketing at the very least, or learning about like the algorithm and stuff like that and how to market your product. Um, And it's, it's stuff that I've learned that I've taken into marketing for my, my, my own business. And yeah, I definitely, you know, I was doing the parties. I was doing the the online parties, the in-person parties, and it, it was fun until it wasn't which is how a lot of my hobbies go. Um, And I thankfully dropped out just at the right time because uh, I think like a month after I dropped out, the entire company's leadership stopped communicating with all of other people or whatever, like completely, it was a whole thing. And then they were sold to, I think it's called like Benayu, and they still have some of the products, kind of, but the, it seems like now they're more like nutrition focused, which is definitely not something I would have <laughs> ever gotten behind. Weird. Um yeah, yeah. so I, I got out at the right time. Uh but yeah, for me, because I was in an okay financial situation, you know, like I kept my normal job. I have a husband who um also contributes to the household and things like that were very secure me deciding like, okay, this kind of sucks now. I'm not having fun anymore. And and dropping out was an easy transition and it wasn't a big deal. But I know that there are a lot of people who that, that is not the case for, mm-hmm. you know, like they buy into it, they spend the money to get into it. And then they're stuck because, you know, this is their main source of income and they're hustling so much. And I, I think they're sold this idea that like, you know, I'm working from my couch or whatever, and I get to spend more time with my kids. But then they're telling you when, when you're like, I'm just not doing very well. They're saying, well, you're not hustling hard enough. And so they draw you in with the like, you know, yeah, it's easy. And this stuff sells itself. And then when it doesn't do that, they're telling you, well, you need to work harder.
3: And the more you sell, the more they want you to sell yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it and then I feel like it switches from um not just sell the product but um sell sell the the company like the company. get more people to sell for you well and then that becomes a whole other pickle that you've gotten yourself into
2: right well because in the end the the product is is neither here nor there the money is all in the the selling the the pyramid of it all <laughs> <Absolutely. Yeah>. um
0: <laughs> I think, but, but at least there's a product. And I was going to say before, one of the things that I liked about the product that Kate sold was you were the only person I knew that sold it. So I wasn't like constantly bombarded. Me too. I That's, appreciated yeah. that. I had the person that I could go to, to get the thing that I wanted. And it was just, it was great. Same thing with Signature Home styles. You were the only person I knew that sold it. And I liked the stuff. So that worked for me when it was, every, when, it, when everybody has it, that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm not well, buying maybe, it from anybody.
3: this here with paparazzi. I think that's because mm-hmm. I find very few people who are lukewarm. They're either really, really hot on it or really, really cold. And one of the common complaints that I heard while I was selling it is, well, I just saw my friend Sally Sue and she didn't have these blah, blah, blah. And nobody has the same inventory, but that's a selling point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know, uh, I mean, it's kind of, there's, a. am sure it's in the policies and procedures that I read very carefully. Um, but I don't recall it now, because it's been a couple of years, um, or three. But basically, you know, you don't get in the way of another salesperson. I mean, that's just common courtesy, like you don't, you don't drop on their sale, you don't steal their shine. And, but the good thing was, is that you had that community. And if, Rachel wanted the black pair of blah, 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 I could give Cheyenne a call and be like, hey, do you have these in stock? Because I don't, but I really want to keep this sale. And you had that community. Mm-hmm. And and same, I think, with LuLaRoe. Nobody had, you, everybody was looking for that unicorn, everybody. And so yeah. there was never the same inventory versus, you know, like signature home styles that, you know, you could go online and place an order um,
0: from the company. Another another company that I actually really liked the products of, tastefully simple. Still love them. Still love. I are great those. products. Yeah. They are like I like those, but I only knew one person that sold it. So that yeah, was for a long time. time. Also, in, in this, I just I was remembering the time that I accidentally became an an Avon salesperson. <laughs> I remember yes.
2: that. Yeah. So, She was an Avon salesperson in the way that she received the catalogs and ordered for herself.
0: And, no, I never did any, like, any effort into selling this stuff. Mm -mm. I wanted the discount for myself because this, so this is how this started. There was a, a lipstick that I wanted from Avon that my mom had. 20 some years ago and I wanted the specific color. So I went on, I went to Avon site and I was going to get it. Well, because like shipping and stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, well, I may as well just order some skin so soft and some other random stuff. So I ordered it and then it was like, okay, it actually was cheaper for me to sign up to be a salesperson and get that that like discount like the bonus discount for that order and i was like well i'll just never do anything with it well the office that i worked in at the time was f- like full of people who were at an age that like remembered avon products and mm-hmm. it spread like wildfire in the company that i worked for that i sold avon and i accidentally ended up selling avon like not on purpose and It was kind of one of those, like. It was a happy accident. It was. Like, I didn't make anything off of it, but, like, the people around me were like, this is perfect. Like, you're not, like, pushing it. I can come to you at any time. I wasn't, like, I was not out to make money at all. I literally just wanted the discount one time. And there it was.
3: (laughs) Kate, I wanted to touch on something you said earlier about, you know, they're promising a lifestyle you know, with the trips and all of that. When I signed up for paparazzi, um, my upline was working towards getting, I don't know, I called it the golden ticket. I don't even know what it's called, to be honest. It's, it's for convention and you had to sell so much to qualify and then you would be allowed to to go or to attend or whatever. I mean, she is, you know, so she's, she's working her butt off, you know, to sell this product, to get this thing. And you could buy a ticket too. You, You could just outright purchase it. But of course, who wants to do that? Like, And honestly, it holds more clout when you say, I've got $10,000 in sales this month. You know, I'm going to Vegas for this convention. So when I signed up, she, she didn't do a hard sale with me. She, she had done a couple of parties for me. I liked her as a human. I I liked the jewelry. It was relatively inexpensive and, you know, it was cute. And, and honestly at $5, I mean, I'm like, if I wear it once, what's the difference? You know, Mm -hmm. um, but one day I was like I'm I just need to do something else like uh, my job was taxing my my regular nine to five which wasn't even that it was just taxing so I wanted something fun and I sold myself on it because of the sense of community it'll get me out there I can socialize more you know blah 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 blah, blah. I signed up I texted her and I was like so guess who signed up under you today she was less excited than I expected and I was like whoa Okay, I've done that, <laughs> um, uh, and we're still friends to this day. Like, we're still, we're still friends on Facebook. We still say hi. those kinds of things, but she never once had a phone call with me about, hey, did you get your stuff? Do you need any help? Do you have any questions? Nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. And the sense of community that I felt was not there. But the interesting thing was when I bought, I and I, I went all in because I can't do anything just a little bit, mm-hmm. so. I bought the biggest package. And with that package came a ticket, a free ticket to go to convention that year. Oh, (laughs) I kind of felt bad because she's like spending all this time and effort trying to earn a ticket. And mine just comes free, you know, Mm -hmm. with with the package. Mm -hmm. But I felt bad because I was like, so I'm going to Vegas, (laughs) want a room together? I never ended up going, but it was really interesting. The other piece too was when I was like, like you, you, they have these private Facebook groups, you know, that only the consultants can do. And I would be like, Mm -hmm. so I have a question about how does that and the answers I would get would never be, Oh, well, you know, Denise, let me help you. It was, here's a link to the YouTube to learn how to do that. It wasn't like, I wasn't doing it. It was like, you're an idiot, you didn't understand it. So here, let me teach you. And I was like, right, but my upline has never spoken to me about this. How would I know that? Right. And and one of the actual YouTube things they showed me, it was basically berating consultants who are blaming their upline. If you're if you're blaming your upline, um, you have to take responsibility. You're not working. To the, I was like, how would I how would I know that if I've not been told or taught? Like right. That's crazy. It, it was really interesting
2: to me. Well, what's wild too, is that, um, with a lot of these, especially at the beginning, yes, how hard you work will correlate to, you know, how much you make. Now that's not saying that if you work super hard, you're going to make a reasonable amount of money. It's just saying you will make more than if you didn't, but also, you know, the more that you recruit, like they want you to do and, you know, it 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 happens with every single one of these um where you reach market saturation and yeah you're recruiting people and that's super great i guess but like at some point you have no customers anymore
3: or or you have a call tree on your road with your neighbors and you say hey i think the folks who are selling the products are in my yard they're probably coming to you next don't answer your door like that was a real thing in my community in the eighties and nineties.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It, and yeah, you, you reach a point where like, yeah, okay. Everybody is selling this now. And, um, and, and a lot of times the, the customers of these products are, and I, I feel like they talked about it in the Lula Rich thing, but the customers of these products are also the consultants. Like mostly they are the people who are selling it too the product isn't the product. The product is, is us. It's the people, it's the consultants. That's, that's what you're selling. Um, and that's, that's what you're, you're trying to get more of.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think really too, depending on like the type of product, like there's only so much that you can buy, right? Like, There are only so many pairs of leggings that you could reasonably own. It could be a lot of leggings, but there is still a limit to how many Mm -hmm. will like fit in your dresser and your closet or like. I bought um, so
3: many leggings and to be honest, I don't think I ever wore them. And I I wasn't a consultant. I just, I mm -hmm. was a customer, but but I I don't think I ever wore them. They just were not good for my body type and they were cold. I was always cold. I wore them well okay I take that back I wore them maybe as pajamas or like under a pair of jeans just for an added layer of warmth but
1: mm-hmm.
3: I was like I do not feel good about my body and these leggings mm-hmm.
1: or like I think about uh, like pampered chef and like I love their products I love pampered chef but also like once you buy a skillet you've got the skillet you don't need to keep buying them, right? Like,
3: right. I agree with that. However, I, I'm actually actively in a a Pampered Chef party uh, as a as a guest, and yeah. I noticed they came out with new product. And I mean, now now the thing is 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 um, cast iron, um, but theirs is dishwasher safe. Yada yada yada. I'm I'm sure it is. I mean, again, I love Pampered Chef. I love their products. Oftentimes, I would buy every single thing given the chance. But you know it's expensive you've got to pace yourself (laughs) um leah sophia do you guys
2: remember that i do remember that yeah Mm
3: i wait what was leah sophia the jewelry they used to have blingo
0: oftentimes (sighs) oh I remember the name. I don't remember the products. I probably Megan was probably one of our I think
2: um, I still have uh, like two of the necklaces. from. I I never wear them, but I have them.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have a ton of the necklaces. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: really loved their jewelry. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, I I kind of felt like it was somewhere between um, you know what? Scrap that analogy. I got nothing. It was just really (laughs) crazy. It, I mean, yeah. but I felt okay buying it because it was—it seemed quality and, and still is. I mean, I still have several pieces and I've passed several on that don't fit me, don't work with my outfits, whatever the case may be. And um, I think honestly, in the several hundreds of dollars that I spent on that stuff, I think probably only had one or two issues and replacement was always almost instantaneously. It was just never even questioned. But the interesting thing to me about Leah Sophia is we had... I think we had two consultants that we often in my group of friends um, would have parties with or have parties for. And the sad thing is is that suddenly, and I don't know the exact, you guys maybe know something about this. I I don't because I didn't look into it. Basically, once I learned that my consultants were no longer working for the company, they were like, oh, we're closing the company. Everybody's lost their jobs. That made me sad. I was like, oh, okay. And then they didn't close their doors. And there were other consultants. And the interesting thing was, is that like my consultant had my email address and she had my cell phone, of course. And if there was a party that she thought, hey, Denise, I remember you were looking at this and just so you know, you, know, you still have you know, credit with us because blah, blah, blah. She would just ask me if I wanted to buy something. And she was just totally fine with me saying, "You know, no, I didn't want anything. Um, but all of a sudden the new consultant had contacted me on my email and I was like, how did you get this? And I didn't feel good about that because my my consultants lost their job. That was their livelihood. And suddenly a company that was gonna close isn't closing. You've hired other people and you've lowered what you're paying them. The the benefits were less. Yeah, it was really icky. And and to this day I still won't I won't buy anything from Leo Sophia.
2: Yeah. So a lot of uh, I, I've kind of seen it because just Uh, either from knowing people or um, being in different groups that sort of discuss MLM stuff. I've, I've seen it happen with a lot, a lot of MLMs where all of a sudden the consultants won't know what's going on. And then, you know, like uh, they're shuttering their doors or they're selling off to a different one. So you'll have some that, um, are basically the same company. Just uh, it's been rebranded so many times. And a lot of times they do this to get away from lawsuits Mm -hmm. or bad press or things like that. They'll, they'll rebrand, but it's, it's the same company. Um, And the consultants end up being the ones who um, are, are suffering for it. Mm -hmm. And that to me tells me just how much these people mean it when they say like, you know, our consultants are family and we care about you guys. Um, and the, the fact that they keep doing this tells me like, that's, that's a lie.
1: Mm-hmm. It tells you how they treat their families. Mm. Which yeah. is equally damning. Right. <laughs> right. I thought that I, I, I had would have that. like a ton to say, and now my brain is like, what, Rachel? What? You thought you had something to say? No. You don't have fiery, strong opinions about how terrible MLMs are and that they should just be burned <laughs> to the ground. So, I, I think it's
3: really easy to say things against them at first. And I, like, I didn't want to sell Tupperware. I ended up doing it kind of as a favor to a friend. Um, I don't regret it. I mean, it, it sucked money. I didn't make anything at it. But again, I did learn some things. And those were valuable, you know, just, yeah. They're truly yeah. that networking I met some more women and lifelong friendships were formed you know it cost me a few uh, measuring cups
2: I think yeah. that that to me like I feel like there has to be or there can be and maybe there's not but you know maybe there can be a, a better way to build that kind of community yeah. and I think that the consultants are not the enemy, the people who, you know, um, and because it's also a lot of, a lot of smart people are doing this too. So to just write off everybody as, you know, these foolish, naive, whatever they got sucked in and, you know, that's insulting. That's super insulting. And again, that, that leads to the doubling down and, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, the, the way I see it is, um, it's somebody else's lesson to learn. And if they're enjoying doing it, that's fine. Especially if, you know, they try to say like, Hey, do you want to buy this thing or jump into this? And I say, no, thanks. And then they, they leave me alone. That's fine. Um, you know, you do you whatever, but I, I think it's the, it's the MLMs, not the consultants that I am like, we we need to be done with because while some of them have some cool products for sure we can often find those very same products elsewhere same quality possibly cheaper and a lot of those ones that that offer that are counting on the fact that the people selling it to us are people that we care about and people that we love and they're they're counting on us to say like yeah i can get this at walmart but if i buy it this way i'm supporting so and so. You know, and honestly i would rather get the cheaper version and then give my money directly to so and so, you know, give them give them that that leftover money. But i'm not going to be that person who sees someone, you know, with with an mlm product and and you know, be like i can't believe they're supporting this or whatever yeah I, I think that there's it's so ingrained in our, in in our culture and society and just like life now it's it's really hard to uh, to sort of get everybody to to understand the harm that a lot of these MLM companies can do and mm-hmm. and you know uh, a, a lot of the the people who join with good intentions um, but then are are taught to, you know always be pushing you know like if they say no make sure you follow up or make sure you do this and 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 these are interactions you're having with your friends and your family and it it's really uncomfortable because you don't want to you don't want to hurt someone's feelings when you're like no I'm really not interested or you know I'm really not interested in this and I I don't need you to try to figure out why I'm not interested I need you to just respect that mm-hmm. and um yeah, so I'm sort of rambling at this point, but overall it's, it's, it's in my mind, it's consultants are whatever, they're fine. They're adults and they make their own choices. Um, MLM's
1: bad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I think that... Um... At this point I have to find a way to work this into every episode so it's gonna it's gonna take me a minute but just get me just I'll get there because of the way that our society is structured and you know how wealth is distribute distributed there is that possibility for that dream that they're being sold and so I agree it's it's not their fault and that's that's totally fine uh it's ultimately comes down to fuck capitalism yes
2: Mm -hmm. well and With that dream too, I want to say like what they'll do is they will trot out these people who like, look at so-and-so, they bought this house and they made a million dollars. Yes, well, so-and-so was like the second person to ever sign up. They're not making their money from sales. They're making their money from their downline. Right. And there's no way in hell I'm going to have that success without completely oversaturating the market. And yeah, um, I completely agree. Uh, Fuck capitalism. I'm over it. It sucks. (laughs) Uh, I think you said fuck capitalism. If not, I'm sorry. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's in every episode.
2: (laughs) Perfect. I'd love to echo that. Also fuck capitalism.
1: Yeah. Piggybacking on the fuck capitalism piece. With the society piece, we live in a culture that isolates women.
3: Oh God! Mm-hmm. Right, like
1: Denise, you just talked. I mean, you've talked about it a few times, right? Like you have little kids, mm-hmm. and this is how you can justify getting out of the house because we don't live in a society yeah. that actually has like built-in capacity for us to have like a real community. Yeah. So, right. I, like the community has to I, be about money.
3: Yeah. But mm-hmm. my kids <laughs> were little, you know. Um, my husband worked a job. I mean, he made six fifty an hour and we lived in the country. I mean, we burned wood heat. And I mentioned that because, I mean, we scrimped, saved anywhere we could. And, you know, selling Tupperware was, you know, a way to get out of the house with not having to spend money, really. But also, I mean, i had applied for jobs after the kids got a little bit older, but the amount of money that I was going to make versus, you know, maybe a daycare cost it was impossible so these types of opportunities afforded me to maybe make a little money hone some skills meet some people that kind of thing um and it it's sad i i mean i never made a single dollar that's the
1: truth i mean never made a single dollar But reform would go a long way right like uh I mean, not obviously like smash a the experience that you had Denise but like what if we lived in a country that had subsidized childcare, so you could have taken the job instead of selling the Tupperware
3: right like well that would be a way
1: you could support families also what
2: if we lived in in a sort of society where uh your your worth wasn't also tied to literally like how hard you're working all the time because I think people a lot of stay-at-home moms too feel um and maybe I'm talking out of my ass not being a stay-at-home mom but um like I I feel like there's there's kind of this thing where um people don't view it as as a valuable real work right Mm -hmm. child rearing and it is It absolutely is. And oh, so, gosh. you know, like, oh, you're a stable home mom. Latest,
3: but I mean, I know for years people used to do those, um, you know, data com- the compilations where they would liken it to a quote-unquote real job, other job, different job, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the latest data shows, but yeah, I mean, for years I was the nurse, the teacher, the taxi, mm-hmm. the cook. It, it was, it's a lot.
2: Right, but- and it wasn't compensated. I didn't have any PT. Right. But because it's not tied to like a monetary value, right. people yeah. don't call it a real job. And so right. I can see why a yeah. lot of a lot of stay-at-home moms too would feel this pressure to like, well, I need to find a way to bring in actual
1: you need to contribute
2: monetary value
3: because because society would say that i bought into that and believed it and i would say that to my husband who doesn't believe that he doesn't think like that and he would assure me all the time you are contributing i can't go on and do what i'm doing if you're not doing what you're doing like right this is this is a real partnership Mm -hmm. but i put those pressures on myself because society told me i had to along with you know you were pretty if you didn't wear makeup and i had to lose 30 pounds constantly (laughs) right and golly gosh, if I could sell something, I could buy something else to, to lose the weight, <laughs> or the makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I fuck think... capitalism. And there, there we go. Yeah, there everybody else is good. I I felt left
0: out. Well, I, so I, no, it should be fine because they're all on different, they're all different, yeah, they're on different tracks. I just wanted to make sure that your fuck capitalism was heard. Um, capitalism perfect <laughs> yeah at going to be so proud of me it could be i i'm so proud of you thanks um something that i wanted to make sure that i i kind of mentioned was like as we're talking about like not like making the people who sell those products feel bad like I definitely never want to do that. Like, I'm never going to like be that person that like harps on them for doing what they're doing. Like, that's just not my thing.
3: No, I agree. I, I would never tell anybody what they can and cannot do or what they right. should do for their own job or for their own well-being or for their own entertainment, for that matter. And again, several of the, the products or companies that we've talked about, I still purchase things, except Leo Sophia,
0: will not. <laughs> Yeah. I for the most part don't purchase products from MLMs anymore. Mm -hmm. That's it's 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 a really like it's a hard one for me because I like I want to support people and even if they're just throwing a party, like I want to support them and like help them get that discount, but at the same time like as has been mentioned multiple times in multiple episodes, and also just like in life in general to the people who I'm talking to, which happen to be three of the closest people in my life. um, I do not need any more shit in my life.
1: Hey, Denise, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was really fun. Thank you. I had a good time. It was
0: wonderful talking with you all. Thank you so much. We should definitely do uh, another conversation about something I don't know we'll think of something fun if you're not on their discord
2: server you should definitely join it
0: there you go
1: thank you yes it's really fun thank you (laughs) (laughs) your substitute
0: I appreciate that
1: oh man